0: chapter 21 i wish rachel and tobias were seeing this Cussie said her thought speak voice was a mix of wonder and bitterness This is nothing like Earth's oceans. It was true. The continent might have been a dull, uninteresting place, but the ocean was amazing. Earth's seas contain many fascinating and wonderful creatures, but most of what you see as you swim there is murky water and a sandy bottom. In this ocean, the water was clear as air. Clearer, in fact, than Lyran air, which is so heavy with humidity, It sometimes seems like you're breathing clouds. The water was perfectly, utterly clear. We were swimming in water that was 40 feet deep, and we could see every detail on the ocean floor. And what detail? Huge, billowing creatures like white and yellow sails, triangular with biological propellers at each corner. Brilliant electric blue worms or snakes, each 70 feet long, swimming in wild schools. A bizarre creature that rose and fell through the water by blowing air into a blatter so thin it was almost transparent. A wonderful sort of fish in the shape of a screw that rotated its way through the water. And these creatures weren't scattered here and there, but everywhere. The Lyran Ocean was a madhouse of lifeforms. Spread around the ocean were bubbling chimneys of rock and soil, Encrusted with squirming, writhing creatures Small and less small My shark senses could feel the electrical discharge from these chimneys And the intense warmth As I watched A massive school of the brilliant blue worms Came swirling around one of the chimneys It swirled and my shark senses could feel the energy Flowing from the chimney into the worms Look at that! Cassie cried, excitement overcoming her sadness A thousand marine biologists could stay happy for a thousand years just studying this one small area. The animals, the plants, the... the whatevers. I wish I knew more. I know this friend of my mom's who studies the ecology of coral reefs. She would cut off her arm to spend an hour here. The creatures are feeding off the geothermal energy and electrical charge from these chimneys, I said. This may be an environment without predators. It has predators, Marco said darkly. The yurts are here, and we're here, for now, until suddenly we go poof like Rachel and Tobias. That brought us all back to reality. Still, even afraid, even sad, even desperate, we could not ignore the wild, incredible scene all around us. We glided, dark and deadly, through a peaceful sea. The Yurks had been clever to consider using sharks to control this ocean. Wherever I looked, I saw no razor teeth, no crushing jaws. Marco was right. There were predators here, but they were us. And then... Hey, aren't those Lyrans? Prince Jake said. Down and to the left. I looked. Yes, they looked like the one Liren we had seen on earth in the company of Visser One. They were mostly yellow. They had skin that was slimy, as if covered with ooze, yet rough in texture like gravel. They had large webbed back feet. For arms, they had four tentacles arrayed around their plump, barrel-shaped bodies. The head was quite large, with a bulge at the back. It sat right on the shoulders. There was no neck. The face bulged outward and seemed to have just two features A huge, wide, almost ridiculous mouth And big, bulging eyes of a green that seemed almost to be lit from inside There were four lyrons. They were writing on water jets The water jets were long, narrow tubes Flared in front to make a sort of wing Flared again in back to give extra maneuverability Arrayed along the back wing were clusters of very narrow tubes pointed forward They had obviously spotted us, and were coming toward us Probably wondering what we are, Cassie said cautiously They've never seen sharks These are the good guys, right? Marco said I mean, these are the guys everyone's trying to save from the yurks. Yes, maybe we should contact them they could lead us to the nearest Lirin city. Do it, Prince Jake said. Lirins, I yelled. Lirins, I am an Andalite in Morph. cha The spear flew through the water, only slightly slower than a human bullet. I jerked left. Too late. The spear pierced my tail and kept on flying. Hey, Marco yelled. I'm an Andalite! Andalite! I cried. Your friend! Your ally! Aqamili Eskarath Istil and three humans from planet Earth. Not our allies. A cold, thought-speak voice said. He laughed. You have no secrets from these psychic Lyrin minds. And suddenly the water boiled with the firing of a dozen spears. Cha-woomp! cha this time, we were more prepared. Still, we were not fast enough. A spear hit me in the side and stuck. Prince Jake avoided being hit, but Cassie was speared through and through. Marco was hit twice. Shirk blood billowed. The Lyrin controller laughed. Die, Andalite! Die, humans! We'll carry your bodies to Visser 4! Hey, great war! You can't tell who's on what side! Marco yelled. What is this, Vietnam? Three of us had been hit, but none of us was dead. The spears were fast, but very thin. No doubt they were deadly to Lyrins or to other creatures of this gentle ocean. But we were only hurt, not disabled. We don't seem to be dead just yet, I said to the Lyrin controllers. The Lirin controllers gaped with their big, green eyes. "'But... but the Harujin smears are deadly,' one of the Lirin said. He sounded like he was pouting. "'Nah, maybe around here they're deadly,' Prince Jake said. "'But we're from a much tougher neighborhood.'" "'Think it's true what they say about frogs?' Marco asked. "'Think it's true that they taste like chicken?' Chapter 22 We launched toward the Lyrin Controllers. Sharks are very fast in short bursts. Too fast for the shocked yurks inside the Lyrins to react. They tried to turn their water jets around. They were still trying when they were hit by four frustrated, scared, angry people in shark morph. Andalites understand about tail fighting. But there is something very intimate and intimately violent about attacking with a mouth. You have to get very close. You smell and feel and touch your enemy. We hit, mouths open. We hit and in a flash, the four Liren controllers were off their water jets and trying to swim away. They kicked their big hind legs, but they were too slow. Using their psychic powers, they could feel our anger. It must have been terrible for them. It must have been terrifying. I didn't care. But then, I was rocked by a powerful psychic vision. A vision that cried out in despair and agony and desperate hope. One of the Lyrins had managed to squeeze out this plea for help. The York in his head was busy trying to stay alive, and the real Lyrin had seized the moment to send this vision. The picture that appeared in my head was grisly and awful But I knew it was real Prince Jake, bite their heads Bite off the large lobe at the back What? Cassie cried They're beaten already, I'm not going to kill them I lunged for the nearest Lyrin controller The yerk in his head knew what I was doing But when he tried to jerk aside I slapped him with my tail, stunning him I opened my mouth, then bit down hard on the lobe at the back of his head. But what was most shocking to see was the yerk itself. It was ripped from the lirin's head. The yerk writhed, helpless in the seawater. The yurks are positioned in their rear brain lobes, I said. Bite them off. It will kill the Lirens, Cassie said. No, a strange voice said. It will free us It was four against the three remaining lyrans It was short but brutal work Four doomed yurks writhed fatally out of place in the lyrin water Thank, Thank you, you The Lyrin said It wasn't normal thought speak It was deeper than that Images, ideas that appeared in our minds That we then translated into words You need medical help Cassie said, Maybe I could demorphin. No, we will be fine. We can regenerate most body parts. It will take some time and we will be weak, but there are caves nearby where we can rest and be safe. Thank you. Thank you. I've experienced some strange events, but four bright yellow lyrans with half their heads removed actually thanking us was definitely one of the strangest. We need to reach the nearest Lyran city, Prince Jake said. Which way is it? It will be very difficult. In the last months, the Yurks have captured many of us and forced us to be controllers. There will be many like us between here and the City of Worms. You are powerful, but if even one Lyran controller encounters you and then escapes, your secret will be discovered. So how do we get there? Prince Jake wondered aloud. Morph the Lyrins, I said. Yes. yes. The Lyrins cried. Yes, morph us. Take our water jets. As long as you stay away from other Lyrins, you will be safe from psychic probing. Cassie said, We don't like to Yes. A Lyrin responded, reading her thoughts. You do not like to morph sentient creatures. You respect our freedom. But we offer you this freely. We have read what is in the mind of Aximili the Endelite. We know what he suspects, and we know that even among the Andalites, there are traitors. So, friends, carry our DNA and help free our people from the yurks. We rose to the surface. I demorphed. The humans demorphed. We lay there, treading water rising and falling on the gentle Lyran swells. The Lyran sun was still low on the horizon, coming up on another day. It turned the water golden around us. I reached and pressed my hand against a Lirin's slimy yellow flesh. Where sky meets sea, Andalite, human, and Liran are joined as allies, my Lyran said. Each with our weaknesses, each with our strengths, It moved me somehow, as ludicrous as it might have looked to an outsider. Humans and Endolite wallowing clumsily beside these big, yellow, psychic frogs, as Marco called them. Three species in a world conquered by the Yurks. We probably would have seemed pathetic to any Yurk who happened to see us. A fellow Endolite told me we were weak because we are not united. We do not speak with one voice, I said. But this union does not feel weak. Free people who get together to defend freedom are never weak. It was Marco who said that. Maybe you can see why, despite all their strangeness. I like humans. And I was starting to like Lyrans. We let the Lyrans go their own way to their underwater caves to recover from their injuries. And we began what might be the most bizarre morph Any of us have ever done The physical part was strange But no more disturbing Than any number of earth creatures I've morphed The powerful webbed feet in back The four sinuous tentacles The necklace head Were almost ordinary Compared to the body of a fly Or a cockroach It was the new sense that was stunning The psychic sense It wasn't that I could read Every thought in the heads of Prince Jake And Cassie and Marco But I could feel enough of their secrets to be embarrassed for them And, of course, for myself Because my own secrets, my vain little ideas, my pretensions were all open to them as well I could see so clearly that Marco was hoping for some news of his mother, Visser 1. He wondered if she was still here on Lyra, if she had survived our last encounter I could see and feel Prince Jake's crushing weight of responsibility. The way he kept running things through his mind, over and over again, trying to figure out what had happened to Tobias and Rachel, desperate to find a way to protect the rest of us. And I could feel Cassie's mind as she cried for Rachel and Tobias, as she wondered whether we were doing the right thing, as she dealt with the after-effects of the violence we'd just endured. Wow, Marco said, obviously uncomfortable. I would just like you all to know that whatever thoughts of mine you're reading are totally made up. They aren't real. Same here, Prince Jake said quickly. Absolutely. Hey, Cassie said. They are just morphs to us, right? Lots of times we have trouble controlling the brain of the morph, but we usually handle it. So maybe... Maybe since these are just morphs to us, maybe we can turn off the psychic thing. Marco said, clutching at the idea. Then, one by one, I felt their minds close to me, and I closed my own. It seemed suddenly very lonely as we grabbed the water jets and rode away through the brilliantly alive sea. Suddenly very lonely. But I guess each species feels most comfortable when they are just themselves. And for humans and endolites, secrets and lies and the loneliness of privacy are natural. Chapter 23 We passed through a loose ring of Lyrin controllers set up around the far edges of the City of Worms. None challenged us. We were writing yerk-issued water jets, and we stayed far enough off that no one could read our thoughts. The Lyran City rose from the seabed like a wondrous tower, perhaps half a thousand feet wide at its base, dwindling to a few dozen feet at the very top. The top pressed right against the sparkling water ceiling, up to the border between sea and sky. At the very top, huge fans sucked in air and blew out exhaust from the entire city. The city itself violated every logical law, at least as far as endolites or humans were concerned. Endolites and humans are accustomed to moving in two dimensions, left and right, forward and back. But in the water, up and down were just as likely as left or right. It looks like a giant Dairy Queen cone poked full of a million holes, Cassie said. Look, doors everywhere. Windows and doors all the same. The predominant color was pink, But there was blue and green and purple as well, in vast swatches of seemingly random color. Openings were everywhere. Lirans drifted in and out and around and through, a hundred feet up, twenty feet below us, everywhere. And like some slow-motion tornado, the long, electric blue worms swam around and around the city of worms. They formed an eerie halo. Even as strangers, we could tell the city was tense. There were weapons poking from many of the windows. And nestled up against the base of the city, floating free, were two craft I'd seen only in pictures. Andalite submarines. Are those good guys or bad guys? Prince Jake asked, gazing at the submarines. Or a little of each? Marco asked dryly. They are Andalite vessels. I said Let's go say hello Prince Jake said We swam toward the submarines As we got nearer We could see that a transparent tunnel Had been set up between the subs and the city Andalite warriors were rushing through the tunnel On urgent errands Their tails cocked and ready Down we went Sifting air from the water With our Liran skin Down we went Expecting at any moment to be challenged, even shot But we passed through dozens of lyrans who made no move to stop us It's the psychic thing, Cassie said They know who we are and why we're here Then I guess they know who we're looking for, Prince Jake said And to my amazement, an answer came It was a vision that filled my head A sort of arrow showing a doorway we should enter. Okay, Marco said. I guess we follow the yellow brick road. We entered the city through one of the thousands of windows. I don't know what I expected inside, but it wasn't what I found. The tower was merely a shell. Inside were seven or eight, maybe more, huge, floating, transparent bubbles. In each bubble there were levels, a dozen or more floors. There were open holes in the bottoms of the bubbles. Some seemed to be filled with water. Others were filled with air. All contained lyrins doing work, sleeping, living. And one, mostly air, contained perhaps two dozen andalites on one floor. We entered the bubble from the bottom and stepped out at last. Onto dry ground. Two Andalite warriors were waiting. Demorph! One said curtly. The Lyrans have told us who you are. Commander Galoo is waiting. So, humility is just not something you Andalites do, is it? Marco asked. We demorphed. It felt good to be Andalite again. But I was worried. I was nervous. I had given my word to Prince Jake that he, and only he, would decide whose orders I should obey. It had seemed easy to make that promise before. But now we were going to see Galu. The idea of saying no to him, it made me gasp. We rushed and stumbled to the room where Galoo waited. Only he wasn't waiting. He was rushing forward to meet us. He was flanked by three tough-looking Andalite security guards and accompanied by his aide, an Andalite who had lost one stock eye and half his face from a war injury. Earth, Exumili!' Galut said without bothering to introduce himself. "'Yes, sir, I... No time!' he said with a dismissive wave of his hand. "'I am a member of the highest circles, so I know all about your escapades on Earth.' Yours and Alfangor's. Very disappointed in Alfangor. Although, by the galaxy, your brother could fight. I don't know how you came to be here with these humans of yours, but it is a stroke of luck. We need you. I was almost completely bowled over. First of all, Galoo even knowing my name was incredible. It would be as if a human child were sitting at home by the telephone and suddenly got a call from the head general of the army. Second, Galoo needed me? Needed me? Sir, may I introduce this human named Jake? I said I need you. Now stand to attention and listen to my... Sir, this is Jake, my prince. That stopped Galoo in mid-yell. The guards all stared incredulously at Prince Jake. Then at me. Then at Marco and Cassie as if they might be able to explain. Every warrior must have a prince to follow, and the princes must obey the people, I said. Galoo looked like he was seriously considering using his old tail on me. But then he nodded stiffly. Just so, Earths. No one is a law unto themselves. We each must serve. Galoo turned to speak to Prince Jake. I have need of you to save this planet from the Yurks. Will you? Yes, Prince Jake said. You say yes without knowing what I'm asking. Will it save the Lyrans? Will it keep them free? And most of all, will it hurt the Yurks? Yes to all three, especially the last. If we save Lyra, it may turn the tide of the war against the Yurks. Then we'll do it. Galoo seemed surprised, maybe even impressed. In private thought speak, he said to me, I have known worse princes than this one. Hello, Phanomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. I don't really have any news to put here, I just got an email from Podbean saying I hit 50,000 downloads, so that's pretty cool. Thank you all for making that possible. Uh, but other than that, just, you know, the usual stuff. So uh, thank you for listening. If you use Apple Podcasts and you'd like to leave me a rating or review, I sure would appreciate it. You can also tell a friend. That would be pretty cool, too. You can reach me at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or through my website theapocalypse.com. That's The Apocalypse. Like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Um, that also has the other stuff I do. There's a link to, I think, my Teespring on there, maybe. Uh, my other podcast, uh, Into the Rewatch podcast with my friend Jesse, where we are currently re- re-watching Riverdale. It's getting to the point in Season 2 where things get a real buck wild. Uh and that's that's all i got i think uh for this round uh we're getting pretty close to the end of this book um so let's just keep on trucking on and we'll we'll uh just keep going my name is daniel and i believe one day the andalites will come until then we fight